0: Welcome to Weartechnology.com's User Friendly 2.0 with host Bill Sickens, Technology Architect.
1: And this is User Friendly 2.0. Welcome to this week's show. Gretchen, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks. So Bill's off this week, but he'll be back next week. Got a great show coming up for you today. We've got actually a couple of interviews, and we're going to be talking Star Wars with Ahsoka. So we'll be diving into that and uh, Number of number of different things. Next week, we're going to have Joan Woodward of Travelers back on the show. And next week, we're going to be also on The Answer Seattle. So check us out there.
2: All right. Today's news is brought to you by Larry Morris with Mortgage Solutions Financial. If you own a home and have more credit card debt than you are comfortable with, contact us today for your no-cost debt consolidation review. 971-229-2215. That's 971-229-2215.
1: If you have a business, it's almost for sure that you're going to need to develop an app. And there's a lot that goes into that. And our guest for this segment, Robert Bechnazarian, is going to be talking about just that as they put this together for their company and came up with some really kind of cool, exciting things. So let's go to our interview. Joining us now, guest Robert Bechnazarian. And you'll have to tell me if I said your name right with Reli Solutions. Welcome
2: to the show. Thank you very much, Bill.
1: So let's just start at the beginning. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your company.
2: Yeah, so my name is Robert Bike Nazarian. I'm uh the founder of Reli Solutions um along with my wife and um you know, I've I've been in property management, property development, different various industries for years now and Reli Solutions is kind of like a a baby that was born due to that being in the in that field for so long.
1: So tell us a little bit about what you're doing.
2: Yeah. So what, what, what I, what we've created over here at realize Solutions is basically a solution to uh, a nightmare that a lot of property managers, property owners, investors have, and the the thing is about uh, property upkeep, uh, renovations. Repairs, uh, upgrading, remodeling—whether um, you're an investor or a property owner—and the one problem that we all, anyone who's had anything similar to this, uh, you know, as a property investor, property owner, just as a homeowner as well—they've seen that uh, when it comes to doing any repairs or remodeling on a on your home, it can be really challenging to find someone who's qualified, who is looking out for your best interest. And who can give you a fair deal, so to say, to do something as simple as you know changing an outlet inside of a house, or something as complicated as changing windows inside your house. So the reason we created Rely is because I I've been in the position of a homeowner where um, I was not treated fairly as far as pricing goes, as far as communication goes from contractors. And you know they promise one thing, they they don't deliver. So I thought you know there's got to be a better way for this whole process to be a little more standardized, a little more uh, easier for the main consumer who's not necessarily so advanced in the contractor field, who doesn't know what they should be paying for it. So I created Rely Solutions to be able to help out both the contractors and the general consumer people like me and you who don't necessarily know what they should be paying for, let's say a window replacement. So Rely Solutions is created to help consumers get renovations, remodeling, upgrades on their home done much more easily.
1: So does somebody just go to your website and register for an account, or how does that work?
2: Yeah, so uh, when, whenever we we set out to create Rely, I, I I wanted it to be as accessible as possible to everyone. And with the first thing that came to my mind is what is something that most people have nowadays? And that's access to a smartphone. So, with this in mind, I thought the best approach would be to create a mobile based application that people can simply download on their phones and be able to contract jobs. For example, if someone wants to be able to change their windows inside of their house, it's as simple as opening up, downloading the application, opening up the app, taking the measurements. And then once those measurements are taken, you know, you choose your style, whatever options you want. We then give the customer a flat rate price right away, which includes, you know, the labor, the installation, everything. And the, and the customer right away knows exactly what they're paying for. There is no such thing as we will make an appointment to come out to measure, you know, none of that stuff. We, we give them a price right away. And this creates a, a, a level of transparency between the company, Rely Solutions, and customers because we want them to feel comfortable. We want the, the average person who uh, uses the application to know exactly what they're paying for. And this is what the application enables because uh, because we're giving the pricing up front, the customer already knows what they're paying for. They know what they're getting into. And it it just makes the process so much easier. And once they get to the checkout screen, um, they've essentially done all the work that they needed to do. We then dispatch a contractor who's licensed in their respective field to to, to do that exact work. Let's say if it's a window installation, they are licensed to do window installations, window changes. And then that contractor is dispatched to go out and do the work.
1: So before we had a chance to talk, I had a little time to look at all this, and I thought the app was pretty slick. And the one thing that really stuck out to me was what you just kind of addressed, is that somehow you're able to quote everything right on the spot. So, you know, we're a tech show, so let's talk a little bit about it. What did it take to actually put that together? Because that is very unique. I don't think I've seen that before where there isn't a need for another step in there. I love it but it seems almost like magic. So tell us a little bit about what went into putting that together and putting the app together and all of that.
2: Yeah, so um, I'm sure being in the tech space, you know, the easier you try to make something for the end user, the more harder it is for the people who are actually creating the software. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So uh, the, the end game is to make it as easy as possible for the consumer who's using it on their phone. That... Unfortunately, it translates to a very, very difficult development process that's been ongoing for years now. And what we've had to do is we have not only had to get contractors on board who are willing and ready to install without charging you know, additional fees. You know, if a, if a job is this much, we've communicated with contractors to say, this is what we're going to charge and this is never going to change. So we not only had to do that and create a database, which basically, if a customer measures out a certain size object, let's say a window, uh, we already have it pre-configured inside the system that says this window, the labor price is this much. And that's that pricing is not subject to change. So that's the first step we had to take. Now, the second step we had to take was to make sure we can get the material, the item, you know, manufactured for Specific set price. So, we also had to bring manufacturing on board. So, we've brought reputable manufacturers on board with our company that have agreed to provide the supplies, the windows, the doors, whatever it is we're installing at a fixed cost. So, this took a lot of development. You know, we had to convince the contractors, we had to convince the manufacturers to give us, uh, you know, to give us the product. Give us the labor at a fixed price. That's not going to change. And the end result is fantastic. Um, the, the app gives you a fixed price by the time you get to checkout. And the reason we're able to do this is because we've created this back-end database where we have all this information. Uh, we've reconfigured it already. We've uh, you know looked up every single possible variation of every single sizing that can possibly come up if a customer... Measure the, measures out a door or a window. And because we have that database in the back end, once the customer measures it out, we then are able to give them that flat rate price, which includes everything.
1: So it would seem like there's a lot of maintenance that has to go into all this too, keeping that up to date. We all know that prices have changed in the last couple of years. And what was retail last year's wholesale this year? What goes into that to keep everything current and to make sure that it's fair to the contractor?
2: Yeah, so the the database and the system we've created on the back end basically enables us to uh, be able to coordinate well with contractors and manufacturers with changing pricing. So from the beginning, we wanted it to always be fair to everyone. We wanted both the contractors to get paid a fair wage. We wanted the manufacturers to be able to obviously not go bankrupt. Uh, We want to help as much consumers as possible at a fair price, but we need to be fair to everyone involved. But um, with the pricing changes, uh, because we're working directly with manufacturers and contractors, we're able to cut any middleman costs and we're giving this pricing directly to the customer. So because we're doing this, we are putting ourselves in a very competitive Space as far as pricing goes. So as far as when we launch into the market, we're already positioning ourselves as a company to be very competitive as far as what's out there in the market currently. Added with our, uh, you know, user-friendly experience that the customers will see in our app, and uh, you know, the convenience factor of not having to deal with, you know, forty-eight estimates, contractors coming in and out of doors. um, It's gonna be a very very new and unique experience that I'm I'm sure customers are going to be happy to see.
1: Now, is this something that works nationwide or do you have specific places where you, because to get contractors and stuff, obviously you'd have to vet and stuff like that. And a contractor that's in one spot is not going to go 600 miles away. So how how does that work? Where does it work? And and how did you put that together?
2: Yeah, so we we wanted to make sure we do this properly. Uh, We don't want to take any shortcuts. We want to address every single market uh, and we want to do it correctly. And what I mean by this is every single county in the entire United States, I want to say, has their own coding, zoning, permitting requirements. And therefore we can't do a nationwide launch right away. Um, So we've decided to, at the moment, start with Southern California, um, select counties, select zip codes, where we can offer this service and still stay compliant with city regulations, permitting, zoning, because we're essentially doing all the work for customers. Every single job that Reli Solutions does is fully permitted. Uh, we have to make sure that the contractors are well aware of, you know, their licensing requirements of the cert- of each state. So there's really no shortcut to this. We have to start slow. We have to do it carefully. Um, but it. The end goal is to eventually go nationwide. We want to be able to offer this solution to everyone.
1: Yeah, no, I can see where that would be really exciting. I, I'm a homeowner myself and I've run into these exact things. So what you're talking about totally makes sense and it will to a lot of people you know, that are out there. So how do you get paid? Is there a fee to use your app or um, how does that work?
2: Yeah, so. Obviously, uh, as a company, in order to stay alive, we need to be able to cover our costs. So what we've done is we've implemented a flat service fee that we're charging simply to be able to offer the services that we're offering. So, um, so in, in order to, like I was saying, in order for our company to be able to stay afloat and alive, we're offering a service fee simply to be able to offer our services so that's upkeep of the app you know um permitting requirements uh stay up to date with coding um to provide fair wages to our employees so yeah we're we're charging a service fee that's baked into the flat price already
1: okay yeah and i like i said that totally makes sense and just the idea okay you see, pay a fee but no longer have to deal with all of these other things now what happens if uh, like a contractor doesn't show up or they do a bad job or something like that? We've all been there. And that's one of the biggest fears I think a lot of homeowners have, uh, you know, about getting into anything.
2: Yeah. And honestly, that's, that's, that's been one of the biggest driving factors for why I started the company. I've, I've been in the situation where you schedule, you go out of your way, you, type, you take time out of your day to be present for the contractor to arrive and then they either call and say they're not gonna be able to make it or what's happened to me more often is they just don't show up without calling at all. And you know that's that's a really that's a really um annoying thing whenever, especially for someone who's busy, who has to take time out of their day, who has to stay home from their working day, who has to maybe sacrifice uh, you know, a couple hours inside of their day to be able to uh, make time for that contractor. So having this in mind, what we wanted to do is we wanted to avoid that scenario entirely. Now, I understand we can't guarantee 100% of the time because things can happen. You know, I mean, if, if a contractor is out sick or something happens, these are things that are out of our control as well. But what we've put into place is if a single contractor cannot do the work that they were, you know, scheduled to do, we do have backup contractors to be able to take on that job. And at Rely Solutions, every single contractor is going to do the same exact quality of work as the other contractor. So it's not like you're getting a better contractor or a worse contractor if one of them doesn't show up. All of them are vetted and accredited to do the same quality of work. We provide the same exact warranty on labor, regardless of which contractor shows up to your house. but um, mm-hmm. In order to even get, avoid getting to that point, the contractors, when we onboard them with our company, they understand exactly what our requirements are. They understand what we require of them, what kind of service they need to provide a customer. And they're in uh, in constant communication with us prior to starting the job. So, uh, you know, during that process when the manufacturer is getting their items ready and we're getting ready for the big install date, the contractor is in communication with Reli Solutions during the whole process, so if something happens, we have a backup plan.
0: I'll tell you, I
1: look forward to you being up here in Oregon. I, uh, like I say, had a chance to look at the app. I'd love to try it out. So you're gonna have to keep us up to date. And uh, so let's do this. Uh, if there's anything else you want us to know, please let us know. That also your website, social media, anything like that that you'd like to provide.
2: Uh, we we are um, we're almost finishing uh, our. A final build of our website. So we've we've been um, mainly concentrated on development of the app. That's been the bulk majority of our you know manpower development team. Everyone has been focused on that. But yeah, as soon as we are getting uh, closer to a public launch, where it will be available to customers to download on their phones, uh, we'll be making our social network uh, accounts available to the public for them to see. You know, install videos, uh, how-to videos, explainer videos, explaining how the app works, uh, all that good stuff. Um, But, yeah, that's definitely coming soon.
0: I can't
1: wait to see it. And, you know, we're going to get a lot of questions. And there's a lot of business owners out there that just like hearing success stories on launching new products. When you are live, I'd love to get you to come back on the show again and tell us what you ran into to get from this point to that point, if you're willing to do it.
2: Yeah, obviously. Of course. We'll definitely want to do that.
1: Sounds good. Robert, thank you so much for joining us today. This sounds just totally exciting.
2: Thank you. Thank you, Bill. You know, Gretchen, on
1: that interview, and I just wanted to make this comment, it's where you do have to watch things. Is Usually whenever we have a guest on and they have software or something like this, I try to take a look at it before Uh we do the interview, just to know what we're talking about. And in this particular case, I got to, and obviously it wasn't released yet. So one thing, if you're developing an application, make sure you secure everything and don't share it out as an open beta, which is at least what I think happened. But anyway, great app and got to see a pre-release. And if that's the pre-release, it's going to be a really great app when it comes out. Uh So anyway. All right. So Ahsoka has finished for the season. And uh, we kind of teased this last week that we were going to talk about it. So what do you think? What's your feeling and what do you think?
0: Okay. um, All right. I, I enjoyed the show and it was something that Jeremy and I had looked forward to because they'd been talking about it for quite some time. And we liked the character from the original Clone Wars series. And that was done with George Lucas and Dave Filoni and a lot of other people. And, um, so she's, she's a long term, well established character. And that was well loved. And, but I've seen some really strange stuff on social media. And um, they're like really negative things, and I'm not really understanding why. Um, they're all, I'm also hearing s- stuff that oh, it's a big flop, and you know, and all that. I I really don't get it. Um, some of the the complaints that I'd seen were uh, people are paid to say they like the show, and eh, nobody's paying me. Um. Poor character development, uh, no real plot to the story. And I've seen th- people say Ahsoka ruins Star Wars. So I'm just, just th- th- this is just not really running well with me. And I'm sure that's probably upsetting other people that have enjoyed the show and are hardcore Clone Wars cartoons fans. So, um, Bill, you, you remember Ahsoka, don't you? Well, of course I remember the character,
1: and uh it's a character that I liked, and I'm just I'm just processing what you're saying. I mean, if something yeah. ruins Star Wars, it's certainly not that.
0: No, and she was also in Rebels. And yeah. the character was the character has been done well. Um, okay, so what I did was I decided to rewatch the series and just ask myself some questions. That I'd heard other people and myself ask, okay, so the first one I wrote down was, why can't Ahsoka defeat Balin Skull? And he's one of the new characters, really great character played by Ray Stevenson, who unfortunately passed away. And so now the big question is for fans of the Balin Skull character, what's going to happen? You know, Ray's gone. Okay, so why can't she defeat him? I looked at her very carefully and how things were going and the story starts with a mystery and we're not told what happened. Uh, At some point, Ahsoka decides to take on Sabine Wren, a Mandalorian, an adult Mandalorian, as a, a, a Padawan. And so... Remember the big stink about Anakin being um, too old to start this process? Just a little. Just a little. So <laughs> so I would think, yeah, it, it's not going to be easy for an adult to step into this role of learner. And especially for someone like Ahsoka, who uh, was used to, she w- was raised in the temple. So that's where everybody was a little kid, started as a youngling, then became padawans and then finally progressed to Jedi Knight. Uh okay, so she I think she's conflicted and I think that makes it more difficult for her to defeat him. And um she has also doesn't have complete training. So Ahsoka is dealing with this conflict in the back of her mind with Sabine Rand and Anakin, she's had these things happen. And it's, that's part of the lore where if a force user is conflicted, they're not going to function well. So the idea is that you can't concentrate. Maybe you can't concentrate to do uh, the process.
1: Okay. All right, we're going to need to stop and take a quick break here. And when we get back, we're going to continue talking about this a little bit more. So stay tuned. And after that, we're going to be talking Midwest Comic Cons. This is User Friendly 2.0. We'll be right back. Welcome back. This is User Friendly 2.0. Check out our website, userfriendly.show. Send us your questions and your comments. That is the one-stop shop for everything User Friendly 2.0. Gretchen and I have been talking Ahsoka and before the break. And Gretchen, I'm gonna just say, let's just take it back.
0: Okay. Um, so there's another character. Uh, do you remember Sabine Wren? Oh, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. She she's the the Mandalorian, and at the end of Rebels. Ahsoka um, Ahsoka shows up in her T6 and they've decided they're going to go look for Ezra Bridger. So when I first saw Sabine in the series, the uh, live action, she seems different. And at first that kind of bothered me. And Ahsoka, uh, not Ahsoka, Sabine seemed like she was a very skilled, a uh, warrior being a Mandalorian, and I was like, "Why? Why is she? Why is she behaving like this? Why is she acting like a child?" It, it was almost as if she had regressed as opposed to progressing. And then I started thinking about, "Well, what's happened to her?" Okay, we have to realize that Sabine Wren lost her family. Her entire Mandalorian family, they were killed on um, Mandalore when the Empire decided to level the place. And we see evidence of that in the Mandalorian story. Okay, and then something else. Um, So she's just really, she's not in a good headspace. And so if you think about this, this would make it really difficult for her to become a Jedi. She's, she's angry. She's hurt. She's grieving. She's, uh, 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 and, and even, um, Kanan Jarrus, I don't know, Bill, if you remember this, but Kanan was complaining how difficult it was to just simply teach Sabine how to use the lightsaber. Mm-hmm. And, um, oh my goodness. Now I can't remember the Twi'lek's name. Oh, that's terrible. Hera. Sorry, Hera. Uh <laughs> Hera tells <laughs> tells Kanan she's Mandalorian. So by being a Mandalorian, you can be kind of headstrong. And, and Sabine has always been that way. So she's not really um, she's not a great candidate for becoming a Jedi. Even the um the the droid, Hugh Yang says that to her, and of course that kind of you know, hurts her a little bit, but it's the truth. is a difficult person to train. So we have some other characters that are favorites that show up. And um, I think a lot of people were worried with the new sequel junk that Admiral Thrawn had disappeared. And because he was a really cool bad guy in the, um, the trilogy that happened after uh, Return of the Jedi. And so they brought him back in Rebels, and they have brought him back in Ahsoka. And so I would think some people have thought, hmm, has Admiral Thrawn changed? And I think he has. Um, I think he's more cold-blooded than he used to be. If you read the novels that um, Timothy Zahn wrote that are more recent, that's about very personal stories about Thrawn, I think it almost leads you into the idea that he has a mission, that he wants to save his people, and he's trying to use the Empire to help his people be safe. That was the impression I got from those novels. So it's like he's willing to deal with bad guys so that he can save his people. And I don't know if he still has that in mind anymore. He's been trapped in a, a, a galaxy outside of our Star Wars galaxy. And so he's uh, aligned himself with the Night Sisters. And these are some impressive bad guys. I was kind of actually hoping that we would see more of them. We saw them in the Clone Wars series. And I don't think Mother Towson is actually gone. I'm curious to see if they'll bring her back. She's an amazing bad guy, and she does not care about throwing somebody under the bus. She used Savage, um, she used Ventress. She'll use anybody to get whatever she wants. Um, and so there's this strange alliance between Thrawn and the Night Sisters, and we've seen evidence of some of the Night Sisters having uh, altered people. And so there's some other mysteries that are being revealed in the Ahsoka series. So if you say there's no plot, oh no, there's lots of questions and lots of potential plots and stories that could be explored. And then we have Balin's skull. Basically he's a Jedi Knight who has, um, he's just really frustrated. He's just sick of it all. He is so frustrated. And people have asked, well, why didn't Ahsoka beat Balin Skull? Well, I don't think he's conflicted. He's angry. He wants to change things. He's focused. And he's also a true Jedi Knight, fully trained, unlike some of the other people that Ahsoka fought, like some of the, I don't know, just some of the other individuals that she's dealt with. Um, like um The Night Sister. Now I can't think of her name. Morgan. No, on
1: that, you know, I have to admit, I have not watched this yet. I think I'm gonna binge watch it now that I'm hearing you what need you're telling to. me. You need yeah, to. It sounds it sounds like it's incredible and check it out. And I have a feeling that I'm gonna really enjoy it. So well, Gretchen, thank you for that. And on the topic of science fiction, let's uh go to Bradley Weston, who has been covering Comic-Cons all over the Midwest and is joining us today to talk about some of what he's seen.
3: Joining me now is Bradley Weston. Bradley, welcome to User Friendly. Thank you very much, Bill. So I know you've been on before as a guest. Uh, We've talked movies a couple of times. And, you know, it's been a while since we've done that. But I think we better let everybody know that you're actually joining our team as a staff reporter. And like the rest of us, you love to go to conventions and things. But you are in a very different part of the country in an area that we don't normally get to cover. And I know this year you've gone to a number. So what conventions have you actually been able to
4: attend? Well, I've actually been to five conventions so far, uh, starting with uh, Motor City Con outside of Detroit, and then the uh, Wyoming Pop Culture Con in Casper, Wyoming, the... Mighty Con in St. Louis, the Colorado Springs Comic Con, and I just got back from Super Con in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Now, I heard
3: a rumor that you got to meet William Shatner. Did that actually happen?
4: I didn't get to meet him, but I had a good look at him, and he's looking terrific for a man of... uh, brightly ninety two years of age I believe yeah 90, I
3: know he's over overnight i did ninety two yeah it's amazing to see and he's still doing stuff too
4: you know it, it's just a, it's incredible <laughs> it is it is so, uh, he, ended he ended up being late to his appointment at the show in Colorado springs as uh he was in such high demand many 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 people wanted to take their picture with him
3: That is just, just amazing. I, you know, I can only imagine somebody like that. It'd be like Stan Lee or something. And the other thing, of it is, is even though he's doing well at 92, we all know that, you know, we hope there's a lot more years, but you never know. And it's like, you know, even just to be able to see him in person. So that is too cool. Well, listen, tell me about the, about the cons. I, I, you know, I, I know you and I talked a little bit before we started recording and one of the things you mentioned was somebody doing a Mandalorian suit out of Amazon boxes and that just sounds really cool. So just give us a little bit of what you've seen
4: at all this stuff. Uh yes. Anime and manga seem to be the most popular cosplay selections from the attendees. They're extraordinarily enthusiastic and the costumes are downright amazing to look at. It's beautiful stuff. After that I see a lot of recent uh Star Wars characters, uh people doing themselves up as characters from The Mandalorian or Obi-Wan or Andor or the most recent movies. That seems to be what I see the most of, followed by the usual comic book. And even some video game uh, character cosplay.
3: Yeah, and that's where I get myself into a little bit of trouble because I don't know the video games as much as I know the other stuff. So you'll have somebody in this amazing costume and you know you're kinda of going, okay, what is that from? It must be a game because I haven't seen it anywhere else. <laughs> so No, but in the Star Wars doesn't doesn't surprise me. I mean the same thing on the West Coast. You see a lot of just amazing Star Wars costumes. And of course, uh, you you know, myself included, I do my Wookiee and uh, Palpatine and and the rest of our friends, you know, are doing different things too. Our other co-host Gretchen has some amazing costumes and some stuff that she's come up with that's just been her own creation that people love. And we just, we just see it all the way around. So, uh, you know, Star Wars has always been a thing and whether one's opinion on the movies have been great or not great and I tend to be of the camp that I like the original movies a lot better than some of the new stuff that's come out. But I do tend to like the series, some of them that are coming out now. So, you know, but the bottom line of it is, is that's all one thing, but actually playing the characters, that's the fun part.
4: That's what uh, people seem to be having the most fun doing. And as you mentioned Uh earlier, the one I thought that had the most fun beyond any measure was the young man who, made the Mandalorian costume out of Amazon boxes. That was extraordinary. It was all the way down to scale.
3: Oh, my goodness. I mean, yeah, that had to have been funny. I'm going to – I know you weren't able to get a picture of them, but I'm going to look online. Somebody somewhere did, and we've, we've got to find it.
4: <laughs> yeah, that was at the St. Louis Mighty Con, if uh, someone took a picture of
3: that one. So we'll ask our listeners, if anybody got to St. Louis, or if you've seen this online, send it over. show is our website. We'd love to. Uh, we'd, we'd love to see the picture.
4: So, Brian, yeah. I'm going to ask
3: you kind of a broad question here because five events, we could talk for the next five hours on that. And uh, is. I guess the question. Yeah. <laughs> but the question I'm going to ask you: What is your favorite thing? What draws you to going to a comic con? What do you like to see?
4: Well, I mostly enjoy the. American mid-century comic books and uh, the stories behind them, the lore, uh, all of the things that helped make the American comic book from mostly Marvel and DC something to be revered and to eventually to have movies made out of. That's what I've generally gone for. Uh, It was a bit of a shock. Uh, as I had stopped going to conventions about 20 years ago, and after moving to South Dakota, I suddenly decided last year to see if it was something I would like to do again. And the uh, landscape has changed. It's quite a bit different than it used to be. Um, The... Space is filled with so many different things that I would not have thought of. Uh, Many things involving manga, anime, uh, a lot of video games, crafts built around such things. There were even vendors that built your lightsaber for you while you wait. Just uh, some amazing things to look at. Some astounding sights. Other people would do uh, small 3D printed items and statues for you, and in St. Louis, there is even one vendor who would take a 3D picture of you and make a 3D statue of you while you waited. So uh, seeing the differences and uh, new things coming out has been uh, quite a bit of culture shock for me because uh, back when I stopped going to uh, conventions, uh, it was mostly about the comics. There was some cosplay. There was quite a bit of science fiction mixed in. But things have progressed quite a bit in the last 20 years or so. Or so I have found as I've uh, made my way through these conventions. It's been an interesting journey. Yeah, I can only imagine the difference in that time period. I know the
3: first time I ever went to a Comic-Con, it was primarily what you would expect from the name, comic books. And like you say, there were there were some costumes and things, but it, it was not like what you see today. So I, I see that on the West Coast, too. It seems like it's really something that's coming into its own, and I think in a lot of ways it's pretty cool to see it is the creativity. What are the other things? And I don't know if you have this so much in the areas that you've been going to, but here there's a lot of artists and people that you wouldn't necessarily see otherwise that are amazing that you can see at these conventions. Have you run into stuff like people you wouldn't see? Or I'm trying to think how to structure that question the best. Just artists or any kind of presentation It may not be in mainstream. You know, they can't afford to be on the, uh, you know, top 5% stuff, but it's still worth checking out.
4: Absolutely. Utterly no question about that, Bill. There were a lot of artists at all of the conventions I went to that would fit that particular description. And thanks to modern uh, printing and marketing, a lot of them, were able to get themselves out there, even though it wasn't in large numbers, by uh, the process of self-publishing. Quite a few of these people I had never seen or heard of, but they were producing their own material, and there were plenty of comic books or graphic novels or just a single piece artworks that were there, both advertising them and available for sale. I can't begin to tell you the numbers of those I saw at all the conventions, but it was it was uh, very prolific. It was all over the place, and it was a very nice type to see some beautiful stuff. No, it's just it's
3: it's amazing. It's it's good to see what's out there. So I know next year you've got a roster too of a number of events you're going to, and I'm hoping to maybe. Get out to one or two of them and check it out together. I'd love to see firsthand what's going on East Coast. And you're not really East Coast. You would be what Midwest, I think, is the area I, um, more yeah, like
4: mid- Midwest. Yep, yeah, you have yeah, that exactly okay. right. I'm dead smack Midwest. So that's
3: that is that's so cool to see what's coming out of those areas. So, so some of the other things, and you, you know, uh, uh, we'll talk about a lot more of these things in a lot more detail. But I know you're a movie fan. And um, I know you've been, uh, you know, in fact, you were the person that actually showed me a movie that was shot in color, available in color, that was done during the 20s. Um, To me, that is still one of the things that stands out as something that I would not have ever expected. And, you know, from that standpoint, one of the other things I'd love to do is talk movies sometimes, you know? And we get some listener questions in on some different things, and a lot of people definitely have their... Opinions now. I'm kind of this year at a point where I haven't seen anything that I've loved. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, um, is there? I'm just going to ask you this, kind of as a broad one right now. Is there anything that you would recommend our listeners go see, or is it make your popcorn at home and find something that you know is good?
4: Okay, this will sound like I am either having a stroke or some sort of audio problem, but it is not. Uh, The film. Sisu, S-I-S-U. It was made for an astonishingly small budget out of Norway, and it closest, uh, I should say, closely resembles a 1970s grindhouse action film, and it was easily the most enjoyable film I've seen this year. In the last five minutes, I did a combination of yell stand up and clap at the end of that movie and that's uh something i have not been able to say with any other film this year however i thoroughly enjoyed uh the latest mission impossible film i ended up seeing that four times in three different states uh okay. i enjoyed it so much I and that's that is, with the that's caveat difficult. that it's only the first half of a full uh, piece of work that I'm sorry to say is going to be delayed by the actors and writers strike, as I cannot wait until the next portion of that comes out. Okay, and I'm going to
3: check out this Isu movie, which I had not heard of at all. Um, Also,
4: and and it's getting a bad rap, and this was just discussed on other recent uh, shows, and deserves a lot bigger audience than it's getting while it's still out there, and that is Kenneth Branagh's uh, Haunting in Venice, uh, a part of his Agatha Christie novel mystery series. Personally speaking, I consider it to be a very, very good and quite scary film. It's just that, unfortunately, right. it is a Disney product that they have decided to ignore, shall we say. And I use those words uh, advisedly. Uh, they essentially right. ignored a completed and finished, polished, and very good product. I can't recommend it highly enough, especially for this season. All right. I'm
3: gonna, what I'm going to do is put your recommendations out on our social media. Um, just because, again, the second film's not one that I had heard of either. So this is actually really great. I'm going to have to give me something to check out and our listeners, too. And the reason that I asked you the question the way that I did is because general Mm -hmm. listener feedback has been that people are not really impressed with with what they're seeing in theaters right now. Some people love certain things, and that's fine. But I would say the overall feedback is kind of like, what's going on? So it's good to hear that there is actually some good stuff out there that's maybe not marketing it right.
4: That is correct. You really have to dig for a lot of this stuff. And in an odd way, I'm kind of fortunate because I reside in a very small town uh, with a community uh, movie theater, and uh, the films they choose to show here are heavily curated, and quite frequently they are of a religious or family bent, So I actually get exposed in certain ways to more things than I otherwise would living in a larger city. And so I've actually been able to see a few other films that I might not have been able to otherwise. And that's been a bit of a boon. And where the religious and family films are concerned, they've been decent. Uh, They've been quite decent, some uh, good, some not so much. But uh, that's like pretty much anything else. But the biggest yeah, thing about yeah. those is I wouldn't even have know, known about many of them had I not been living where I am now.
3: No, and that, you know, that makes a lot of sense. And in, in being able to, to see some of these other things, and I know just from my own past that there's very much worthwhile film out there that that I just had never heard of and I run into it you know talking to you or talking to somebody else that maybe has seen it and recommends it but I've never seen it in the theater and it doesn't come up on the streaming as you know try this out and watch this um, yep. in some cases you even have to dig for them to figure out a way to find, to even just be able to watch them but uh, it's worth doing so that's I know that's that's really cool all right i'll get the names of both of those movies posted to our social media for anybody that wants to check it out and let us know what you think, because I, again, I'm just, two movies I've never even heard of, it just blows me away a little bit, but it shouldn't, because I know that there's a lot of stuff out there that's just, if it doesn't meet certain criteria, or if you don't have somebody writing the check to be able to advertise it properly, or like the one with the Disney movie, if they just choose not to, evidently, you're not going to know, and you're really not going to know. So That's
4: exactly and right, it and out. it is—it's a, a true shame for those who are wishing to find something worthwhile uh, for entertainment. Absolutely, and you know—another funny thing. I'll just say right now. I was just
3: looking as we're talking here. The Sisu movie actually got a 94% on Rotten Tomatoes,
4: so you're not the only one that liked it. I still haven't yep. heard of it. So <laughs> it's also in English. You see, a lot of people might be willing to push that film away because they find out, oh, it's from Norway, it'll probably have subtitles or something of that nature, but no, it's actually all in English. Yeah. Which makes this even yeah, more well, mystifying. The budget is, was so small, only nine and a half million dollars, that uh, it should have been advertised everywhere.
3: Yeah, yeah, and it's, and it's a bummer when it's not, because you really do miss out on something that is amazing to see. So that's that's great. So, all right, well, listen, I mean, well, there's a lot more we're going to talk about. And this is just kind of a chance for us to get introduced and, uh, you know, kind of go in this direction. And we'll dive down into the cons a little bit more and stuff over the coming months. But again, Bradley, welcome to the show. I'm glad you're going to be part of this. And I'm just looking forward to what you're going to bring
4: Well, thank you very much. Uh, You're most kind and gracious to have me on. I am very grateful, and I hope I'll be able to contribute something worthwhile. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you very much, Bill. You have a good day.
1: This is User-Friendly 2.0. Until next week, keeping you safe on the cutting edge. User-Friendly 2.0 is copyright 2023. User-Friendly Media Group, Inc. All rights reserved. Views expressed on this show are those of the host and not necessarily User-Friendly Media Group, Inc. or this station. Music licensing by BMI. Hosting and technology provided by WeAreTechnology.com. Listen at TheAnswerPortland.com, UserFriendlyShow.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts.